Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. As you may have noticed, not the voice of Pete Counter. You're you're loved, you're much loved and, and appreciated host. This is your guest host, Chad Adams. Pete not feeling so good today. He'll be back bright and early tomorrow here on WBT. We appreciate you being a part of this broadcast. You want to get in on the conversation today, give us a call at 704-570-1110-570-1110. And I you know, it's been a <laughs> it's an understatement to say it's a fascinating time. Now, I, I'll, I'll say this at, at, at my own peril. Sometimes it's good to kind of not tune in. I, I'm, I've become convinced that that you know reality shows are about like a, a wrestling narrative, right? You know, they're not necessarily real, but and then but the news is desire to hook you and bring you in and and keep you either enraged, uh, uncomfortable, angry, whatever it is. That seems to be the goal these days. All new social media, it's to, it's to just bring you into some wackadoo way of, of being angry. And it's preventing us. And I, I'm not blaming them because it, yeah, it sounds like I'm blaming them. And, and they, they deserve some blame here. But we're not having great debates. You know, when Fauci says, I am science, if you disagree with me, he didn't say I'm science. He said, if you disagree with me, you disagree with science. Well, truth be known, science is not a narrative. Science is not a, a propaganda. It shouldn't be a propaganda piece. It, it's, in fact, what's best about science is when it can be challenged and withstand the challenge. So when, the, when, it, was, when it was considered inaccurate information, it was considered uh, conspiratorial, it was considered wrongheaded, it was considered unscientific to suggest or allege that a rampant virus that was killing people came from a one of the, the world's top virus labs <laughs> about 10 miles from the epicenter. It's just crazy to suggest that. And that turns out likely, most likely, probably true. Uh, you know, and, and Fauci, and then uh, the fact that he tried to get a paper to suggest that it wasn't true, that he sponsored a, a narrative against scientific inquiry. I mean, the, the entire reality of Anthony Fauci is crumbling before history. The the walls are falling down like biblical Jericho. It's just it is just one of those moments where you wake up and go, gosh, this guy misled and did not want to have a mastery of scientific inquiry. And 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 furthermore, pushed back against science inquiry under the auspices that he represented science itself. Now, this is not a show about Anthony Fauci. It's more show about what makes a country strong is when it has debate, when it takes on the big challenges of the day. At the formation of this country, there were some knockdown, drag out fights between very, very highly educated people that were very special in that day. Regardless of what the 1619 Project tries to tell you, the people in that room in Philadelphia sweating it through that summer, creating these founding documents that hold this country together by virtue of rules put on paper, not by who's in power, there was something almost magical there. The alchemy that created that. These people created a document that has, to this point at least, withstood the test of time, has shown us to be imperfect, but at the same time, 
moving forward and able to get along and have debates. The most dangerous thing to me now is the suppression of active debate. It is that, you know, especially social media, I'm glad there are a few, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have folks that I disagree with regularly that recognize that it's done with respect. Because Twitter and, and the rest of them, Instagram and, well, Pinterest for lack of, there's, a, there's so many, Rumble, it's really about just trying to score points putting the other person down to negate their perspective by eradicating their existence, as we see with the Tucker Carlson debate right now. He cherry-picked all this stuff and it's just terrible to suggest it wasn't violent. He never said it wasn't violent. He never said it wasn't dangerous. But that's the, the narrative that MSNBC, NBC, the three-letter news, they're all pushing back against this because there, there clearly are videos that show that there was more to the story than the cherry-picked narrative that was presented by the January 6th committee. The reaction to him should not be what Chuck Schumer did on the floor of the U.S. Senate to, ex to basically, no, except, excuse me, not even basically, not literally, not virtually. He absolutely called for the abolishment of someone in the media saying they're dangerous. So is that the tactic that you would like for people in elected office to take that say that we need to remove certain people we profoundly disagree with from media because of we just disagree with them? That's an appalling, you know, rise of the Third Reich kind of way of looking at the world. We'll just take care of them. We'll take them off the air. Stalin would be proud, so to speak. And that's kind of where we're going to. We're definitely going to talk about certificate of need and, Medi and Medicaid expansion. This is something that looks like a massive capitulation by those in power in Raleigh, both houses under Republican control. This has been something for nigh on 20 plus years that conservatives have generally pushed against massive expansion of government, government programs, especially poorly run ones that have a high propensity for waste, fraud and abuse, as we've seen with Medicaid, billions of dollars. No, it's funny that the narrative is not let's correct it, let's make it better, let's make it more efficient, let's let's make it responsible and accountable, let's make it absolutely assist people and not become a way of life. That's not part of the discussion, if you'll notice. The governor has pushed for, I just want to expand Medicaid to help hundreds of thousands of North Carolinians. Help them become more dependent, help them become more entrenched. I mean, it's weird that we live in a society where we extol the virtues of putting more people in government programs. That, should, that is something that the majority of history would say is a reflection of a lost value. It's not a value that makes us stronger. It's not a value that makes this country better in any way to have two, three generations dependent on the welfare state. That was never the goal. The goal was to be a hand up rather than just a handout. That's where we find ourselves in the crosshairs of history, looking at this, saying, what the hell are they doing? Why is this a good idea? And there are plenty of, if you go on Twitter and these other places, you'll find lots of people trying to, that have done a 180-degree switch. And by the way, I have, uh, I have word out, to, I did speak with Senator Berger's office today. I did reach out to members of the General Assembly. There are many that don't want to be on the record. And it's not just about Medicaid. Medicaid's one thing. And that one isn't a done deal yet. It's really going to be in your hands moving forward. I'm your guest host, Chad Adams, sitting in for Pete Gallagher, feeling a little under the weather. I don't know. You know, he thought it was a yellow haze, you know, kind of channeling some Jimi Hendrix there. But it, it's not. It, it's a little bit more than that, apparently. But, the, yeah, the yellow haze, yellow weather conditions abound here in early March as the pine trees that proliferate our state are just, just itching to uh, coat your cars, your life, your houses, your kids 
your pets. A dog came in yesterday, had yellow pollen all over its face from sniffing in the <laughs> yard. It was hysterical. Now, having said that, a little bit of housekeeping I want to get rid of. Golfers, you golfers, join Narraway Productions for Narraway on the Fairway, March 20th. This charity tournament will be a scramble at the private Firethorn Country Club. Register your team today at narrowaygolf.com. Corporate sponsorships are still available as well. That's narrowaygolf.com. It is that time of year where the folks are just all over those golf courses, picking up their yellow-stained golf balls and moving to the next hole with a pair of sticks that make them frustrated and cause them to lose sleep. But do check it out if you can. Now, we were talking a little bit about, we will be discussing in greater detail this this Medicaid and Certificate of Need stuff. This is something Republicans have pushed. It, it is a signature accomplishment of Governor Cooper that hasn't yet happened. For six years as governor, he's pushed for it, even as he kept the state... Locked down. He decried Republicans as being evil, and now they're not helping. And and the Governor Cooper's main reason for existence is to expand government at all cost. Comes across in this very avuncular Mr. Rogers way of communicating. I keep thinking he's going to ask me to put shoes on inside that, that are more conducive to my behavior in there. Uh, and he just has that very chill way. He's, he's someone privately doesn't care much for Republicans at all, hasn't for many, many years, decades even. And if you were to interview people in the street, they would be, not be able to tell you anything that he's really accomplished. They can't. Man on the street interviews would show you that, hey, what do you what do you associate with Governor Cooper? And it can't be education. I mean, his state of the state address the other night was 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 ludicrous, because if anyone has set back education, this governor has set back education more than any governor in our lifetimes. Any governor, at least since the 40s or 50s, maybe even further. The the kids are worse off for him having been there. They are not making advances. Education is extremely well-funded. Teachers are making more. But our kids, due to the lockdown practices of this governor, that did precious little, we're finding out, did nothing to help those kids. It crushed education, crushed them. It will take a decade to recoup the losses. Kids at grade level, in states that locked down so dramatically, here, you even had you even had some counties that were threatening to put people in jail. Brunswick County threatened, you know, the charter school staff of Roger Bacon Academy with jail time if they didn't lock down more, do more. They sent sheriff's deputies over with threatening letters to put chains on the door. It was it was an unbelievable time. Ugh. But alas, anyway, about Medicaid expansion, a certificate of need. We'll get to that. Donald Bryson from the John Locke Foundation, one of my former colleagues, used to be at Civitas. I've worked with Donald many times over the years uh, on a variety of fronts, and uh, it will be an interesting conversation. This is something that even when I was at Locke many, many, many moons ago, this was something we pushed against. I remember as a county commissioner, Medicaid was one of the, we were one of the only two or three counties in the entire nation that were forcing uh, property taxes to pay for a portion of Medicaid. It was, it was obscene. It was ridiculous. Uh, the Democrats had kept that in lockstep for a long time, and finally counties, uh, I was part of the effort to get rid of that. And we got rid of it. We launched it overboard, and counties are no longer responsible for that, and it saved millions of dollars. Um, now the, the Republicans in the General Assembly in both the House and Senate are trying to push through this, and in the process, trying to carve out a little bit of the certificate of need laws. I'll explain that in greater detail in the next segment, because there's, there's a great, uh, a great many things. Well, it's really not that complicated, but we're, we're going to get to them because, well, we need to. And Donald Rice will be joining us. And, and then when we get into the next segment, I want to talk a little bit about parents. Not, not like how you should raise your kids, but the concept of government as a parent. 
and how you, me, and everyone else we care about, if you look at these government, almost any issue before us today, from the transgender issue to victimhood to abortion to Medicaid to climate change, almost any issue before us today, and you look at it from a two-parent standpoint, I don't mean that the parents should be making the decision, but the way government acts. You know, in, in one hand, the Democrats act like that all-forgiving mom that just, oh, you know, they mean well. And, and the Republicans tend to act like the dad says, hey, you need to be responsible for what the heck you're doing. You need to think about what you're doing. We'll get into that in greater detail. That'll be part of, of what we discuss as we head into the Medicaid certificate of need, because the Republicans are going to have a very difficult time. Grassroots organizations are upset about this. A lot of activists are upset. A lot of conservatives are upset because this looks like more of a capitulation. It's a 180 degree turn, one of the largest turns in North Carolina history with respect to all of a sudden we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Now, they're putting some kind of rules on it, but we both know, all of us, you listening, me, this, this shared experience we have here with the microphone at WBT, that that program will be larger and more poorly run in 10 years than it is today. They just have been that way an entire lifetime. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. For what it's worth, Brett Woodcox was on, former, uh, I guess, press guy for, for Phil Berger's office. And, and Brett was on yesterday with Pete. I, I offered for him to try to clarify today the opportunity to come back on, in which he, he deferred on the Medicaid certificate of need. It's not... It's not going well for the Republicans right now. This is not a front that's going well for them. They know it. The optics are bad. The way they're announcing it is not It's not going well. Now, and I understand why they're trying to do it. And I get that. They're, they're trying to pick up this gap between, you know, where Obamacare, you, know, you make a certain amount of money, you don't qualify for help. You make too, too much, you don't qualify. You make too little. It's just it's just this gap. But but that's, that's an, you're acquiescing to government is the answer. That, that's the problem with all of this is if government's the answer, you're, you're asking the wrong questions and you're trying to solve the problem in a wrong way. You're trying to make five be the only solution to two plus two instead of saying, well, maybe we ought to look at the number four. Let's just look at five. Five's the only answer we can arrive at. And so we have to make the math work for five given that we only have two plus two. So Medicaid certificate of need. Certificate of need, the short version of certificate of need is uh, you have to prove you need something to get it. And in this case, it's about medical opportunities. In other words, you and I want to start a, I don't know, dialysis system or a dialysis center to provide the, the folks of Charlotte or Huntersville or any area around Cabarrus County, Gaston County, wherever, wherever you're listening to this. Imagine you wanted to bring about an option to compete with what's in that market. You wanted to do it. You found a way to do it at a lower price in a better way. And, and, and maybe you want to do it at cash only. You have to apply to the state of North Carolina, and it's a very expensive and long, drawn-out project, to get permission for the governor to sign to say, you, you, by decree of me, have permission to open your medical establishment. 
and provide for the citizens of this great state. You need a certificate of, you need to prove there's a need for your service, which is a very difficult thing to do. And it's done largely the hospital cartels in the state of North Carolina own Republicans and Democrats. That's this true. I'm, I'm not a partisan hack, not paid to be a partisan hack. I'm a conservative. Period. Have been for decades. Always will be. Have been from the beginning. From the time I had to put my name on that selective service form and say, my gosh, I could be drafted. I looked up and said, who do I want to be in charge of that? And it's a pretty easy decision. So these are the types of things that certificate of need laws are horrific. I mean, my mother, bless her soul, she passed away about a year ago. And part of that was because there wasn't there wasn't a dialysis option in the market in which she lived. And she almost died in the hospital because even though they have remote dialysis, they couldn't bring the remote dialysis to the hospital. She sat there languishing and dying. And before they could transport her in the middle of the night to a larger facility an hour away, that ultimately helped to kill her. And I say that with uh, truth in my heart. So the point being, certificate of need laws are horrendous. They do not help the public. They do not help citizens. They are a racket. They are. We are one of very few states in the country that have them. For 20 years, the hospitals have exerted great power in the General Assembly to say, please, please, please don't allow there to be competition. Please, please, please don't allow people to compete with us. We are great. We are wonderful. And the legislature, not only with certificate of need, but now with Medicaid, part of Medicaid expansion is to save rural hospitals. It's, it's a way to get, and they're saying, oh, it's going to help, but you're taking federal money, pushing it up to D.C., and then some of that money comes back to North Carolina, and we call that a win. State after state have fallen for this, and it's, it's, it's completely erroneous. It would be different if they said, we're going to fix waste, fraud, and abuse in Medicaid first in our state. We are going to be the leader in correcting waste, fraud, and abuse. We're going to spend an unbelievable amount of time making sure that billions of dollars aren't be wasted, because it looks like they are. And it doesn't make you heartless, which takes me to my point. If you were to look at the way parents, a lot of parents, not all, again, when we, when we say this, it's not all parents. My parents were a little bit this way, but my mom could crack a whip in a minute. And I don't mean that in a, in a beating your child kind of way. I deserved it a lot of times. But I'm saying that there's, a, there's generally, we know that giving your children everything they, they want, being that helicopter parent in many ways, doesn't prepare your child for the real world. Being that helicopter parent that gives the child everything they want makes them worth less, not worth more to society because they become entitled, they become dependent, they become uh, very problematic because there's no sense of responsibility on that child as it becomes an adult. It's been given everything. It's never been challenged. People have pitied that child, and that child becomes a, a very sad state of affairs for society. And if you look at the way our government operates from a partisan standpoint, state even local, you'll find local officials that do this. I mean, a lot of the city stuff where it's, oh, the cops are terrible and we need to defund the police. That movement was entirely based on this, oh, well, citizens generally mean well. And we're not going to prosecute shoplifters. They, they're, they're good people. They just, we're not going to prosecute. And then when companies start pulling out, they blame the companies for pulling out rather than the criminals for destroying the free market in that, in that given place. But, but I digress. So think of any issue. When you can apply the strict parent and the very the very non-strict parent rules to any issue, and you find the partisan split. You you really do. If it's if it's about climate change, it's that 
oh, we need to accept all of this and we need to do this. And, and then the strict parent would say, wait, we need to look at what the financial consequences of this are. And are there debates to be had on this? And so that's the more conservative approach. When it comes to single moms, test scores, medicine, abortion, transgenderism, any issue before society, you'll see that, look, you need to accept responsibility. That's the more conservative approach. You need to accept responsibility for your actions and your role in society to the best you can. That's your, that's your duty. That's your, your honor-bound duty as a citizen. And, and the, the other side's like, there is no responsibility. There are no consequences. Everybody means well, and we just need to give them as much as they want. And I, I'm being a little overly egregious there. But the point being, if you look at that, there's never really a responsibility attached on the, on the, on the side of the left. They don't really want to assign. They want to assign blame, but not responsibility. Everything that's happened to you, none of it is your fault. Imagine a parent raising a child saying, no matter what happens to you, it's not your fault. You are a victim of something. You're a victim of being too short. You're a victim of being too tall. You're a victim of being too pale, too dark. You're a victim of being right-handed. You shouldn't you know that the society's against you. If you're left-handed, oh, the, right, the right-handers are causing all your problems. Everything's written for right-handed people. But if you take it to government, it becomes kind of acceptable, doesn't it? It's not really your fault because of your sex, the color of your skin. Your identity, what you perceive as your identity, it's not your fault. None of it is your fault. And you end up with some very broken people. And it becomes very costly. The weightlifting issue where you're allowing men to compete against women as weightlifters that they declare trans. The easy solution here is we fought forever for women's rights. Let women compete against women. Let men compete against women. If you want to be transgender, then go. Let's create a transgender unified sports athletics. Let them compete. Let them compete. It's not difficult. A responsible person would say that. Someone that wanted to be responsible in governance or anywhere else would say that. But we, we don't go down that path, do we? But we really need to. And, and Biden's new tax plan is the same thing. We, you want to punish success in society. Let's, let's find a way to tax more people that have been successful because that's what makes society better. That's the Biden tax plan. I'll go through some of that when we get back from the break. We want to tax more people for being successful. This uh, new billionaire tax. Make no mistake, the Democrats would love to enact what's called a wealth tax. Look at what your net worth is and tax you based on that. Now, property taxes are kind of a wealth tax, aren't they? Depending on your house, your property, your configuration, what you own, you get taxed on that. But it's a minuscule amount. Well, you hope it is. At least in North Carolina. Up north, it's a very different story. That's why they all moved down here. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in for Pete Calder. I hope Pete feels better. As uh, we go through this yellow fog this time of year, and as Boomer said, hey, that rain hopefully coming in, going to wash it away just in time for it to get below freezing again in a couple days. Now, I, d- I do want to mention we're going to have Donald Bryson join us at the top of the hour to talk about this, this con job, certificate of need that, that is here in North Carolina, has been. And Republicans who have been in power for nigh on a decade could have passed multiple resolutions to stop it and dare the governor to veto it. It, it's an homage to hospitals that have tens, as Dale Falwell, the state treasurer, would tell you, they have tens of billions in profit they're keeping offshore. If, you, if you've looked through a hospital bill, you'll find it one of the most difficult to understand things. Democrats love the decrying and saying, hey, we need to insure more people. But if you've looked at your insurance claims, do you understand them well? Do they make sense to you? Do the, does the billing make sense to you? Do all the codes make sense? Does it, does it when you pay your copay or, or, or whatever, when you get done and, and you get home, you know, three, four, five months later, you get another surprise bill that you thought was covered. It wasn't covered. It's a piece of information. Do, do you 
Do you feel good about that? Because we've now supplanted medical care, and we call it insurance now. Insurance is not medical care. And in fact, we don't even know what we're paying for medical care because it's so... Did you know insurance companies are allowed to charge you more when they negotiate with a hospital than the cash price? In other words, if it costs $100 for someone to look at your finger at the hospital, then the insurance companies could negotiate for $120 for that charge. And then when you get your bill, say that it was 180 and they reduced your bill down to 120 which was still higher than the cash that you would have paid. This is a kind of absurd through-the-looking-glass way we look at healthcare. Imagine if, if you went to the grocery store and, and we were all covered by food insurance and we had to file a claim and pay our deductible to get our food. Do you think it would make sense? Imagine all the different codes in the food store that you would have to fill out and they would have to be filled out on your behalf. You'd have to go and get your paperwork and 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 do your deductible and pick up your groceries and and then you get a surprise bill because I don't know you got you know lower lower fat steak I don't know but it would be complicated convoluted confusing and altogether a mess it would be a mess so what we should hope for is that we the more we can get government out of healthcare and the more we can get back to paying for it ourselves and understanding what we're paying for understanding what we're getting have more competition yes more competition makes things better it always does the better off we're all going to be. We don't know what we're getting. You know, there's an old saying, thank God I'm getting on not all the getting all the government I'm paying for on health care. I can tell you it is an unbelievable mess. Medicare, Medicaid, co-insurance, cancer policies, regular policies, silver policies, gold policies, bronze policies, basic policies, catastrophic policies. The insurance companies barely know. The insurance industry and health care is more complicated than the IRS. And the IRS is horrific. It's we're trying to get answers from the IRS. You know that. You know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But we've got to have a, a health care revolution in this country and get back to what made it great. What makes it great is understanding what you're paying for, being able to deal with it directly, being able to understand your bill, and not having the stress of dealing with the complexity of the bill. So you survive the heart attack, you survive the bypass, you get back home and you have six months of stress that puts you either in the hospital or in the ground because it's so convoluted. And do you get answers from your insurance company? Do you, what about from the government on these programs? They're horrible. And so what does the GOP decide to do in the house? And again, we expect this kind of behavior from Democrats. We don't expect it from those in the conservative side. Now, now, the Indie Week, which is known to be a left-wing print, I mean, they have a bias. At least they admit their bias. They're, they're a lefty way of looking at things. And, and they ran a piece on the expansion. They're thrilled about it. You know, the State Health Committee approved the bill expanding Medicaid in North Carolina that includes changes to Certificate of Need law that Republican senators want. Republican senators should want to abolish Certificate of Need, not just change it. It needs to be gone. The expansion part of the bill would be void if there's not a new state budget in place by June 30th. That's kind of their caveat. We'll do all this, but if you don't sign the budget by June 30th, it's kind of a way to force the governor to get on board and sign a budget quickly. 600 folks fall uh, would get the chance to sign up for health insurance under expansion. Again, government funded. You and I got to pay for it. They fall into a coverage gap, making too much to qualify for regular Medicaid, too little to qualify for subsidized health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Many of those who would benefit are working but don't make enough to afford insurance and don't get it through their jobs, said Representative Donnie Lambeth, a Winston-Salem Republican. Now, I know Donnie. He's a great guy. Nice guy. 
But again, the assumption is that government is where we want people to be. In fact, in both of these, the Affordable Care Act, it's subsidized government subsidies and meta. So all you're doing is expanding the government's entry into your health care, into the health care of citizens. That is not something anyone in a free society should be celebrating. We should really be working to, to allow more competition. We can do this. I mean, you can get stellar care in many countries in the free market at half to 20% of the price. And I'm not talking about cosmetic procedures like that family in Mexico. And I'm not talking about tummy tucks and boob jobs. I'm talking about real surgeries, serious surgeries that are needed. Uh, pharmaceutical care, treatment, the same exact medicines in, in, in state-of-the-art joint accredited hospitals that you can get for a fifth the price. Same exact medicine. So you have to wonder why. Because it is a mess in this country. It's an absolute mess. Now, on the other side of the break, we're going to be speaking with Donald Bryson, he at the John Locke Foundation, formerly of Civitas, and I, I've known Donald for many years. We have commiserated on the Medicaid expansion side of things for, for years. We've talked and written. I've written numerous columns, articles, and commented on it. So is he about the certificate of need process. We're going to talk about this and where it stands and what the legislature, many are not, and legislators don't want to be on record not doing this. Meaning that they won't, they haven't gotten rid of certificate of need. They are in the pockets of the hospitals. And we're going to talk more about that on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. We'll be right back.